Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're starting our first sort of series of episodes on Babylon 5 Season 2. Uh, we're going to try to do three episodes at a time. We'll see how that goes. We're going to do it today, and and if we can, if that works, then we'll continue to do it because what we've discovered is I've gotten really hooked on on the on the episodes so far, and if we if we're only doing two at a time, it'll take us forever to get through the show. So this way, <laughs> I get the satisfaction of, of of watching the series at a brisker pace, and it's just a question of whether we can. Um, whether we can get through them. So the, the first episode is Points of Departure. The second one is Revelations, and that's followed by Geometry of Shadows. So, I don't know, what's the what's the rundown of uh, Points of Departure? Why don't we start there? Well, big point of uh, Points of Departure is we get a new guy running Babylon 5. We get a, uh, a starship captain who's uh, sent to the uh, station and... Unlike Sinclair, who was handpicked by the Mimbari, Sheridan is the human who is absolutely most hated by the uh, Mimbari warrior caste. So it's a very different, different political uh, <laughs> tint to the uh, appointment there. Yeah, I, I really liked that part of it. That that to me seemed like a very plausible political maneuver, and mm-hmm. it's the sort of thing. I mean, we've seen it in our own politics where they pick the guy. Uh, you know that 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 people uh, in an institution or whatever so do not want in order to make a point, and so it, yeah, you know, and and maybe he's trying to antagonize people. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to, you know, I'm I'm a little unclear on what's going on, but but obviously uh, he w- he was selected for a reason, and and it works, and it also it it works really well in this episode because of what's going on with the Dragati, which is this renegade Mimbari ship that doesn't really acknowledge that the conflict is over. And they show up, and, and I think the captain of the Trigadi is Kalein. Is that correct? Is he the the commander? Uh, Kalein is the captain of the Trigadi. Yes. So so he shows up on Babylon Five, and they think that he's going to try to kill Delenn, and it turns out it's just a, a feint so that he can commit suicide while he's on board, and then the Trigadi now has an excuse to 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 start a war, and then once that happens, the the war could be reignited because there's you know the the warrior cast. They, they they apparently hold the Dragati and Kalein in, in 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 high regard, um, and and I guess there was a who who was the guy there was a guy named Cinevil who who took his life and became a martyr at the end of the conflict, and so yeah he was the uh, previous captain of the Dragati. Yes. Okay, so that sort of ha- and what was interesting here too is we get we we we, we under we sort of learn more about why the uh, why the Mimbari. Uh, number one, we get sort of the the revelation about um, uh, about Mimbari souls this this episode, and mm-hmm. and how how Sinclair was a uh, you know had at least when they, according to the Mimbari he had a he had a he had a uh, he he had a Mimbari soul, and and so that's what stopped the conflict, and they weren't able to tell their generals because they were concerned about people not being able to handle the information and so that not being able to tell the generals or not being able to tell the, the warriors uh has had has led to a lot of the tensions that are that are going on among the different castes in the Mimbari society so so it's interesting it was a very i thought it was a it, it was a cool plot line uh i was i was very uh 
eager to see what the new captain was like. He's sort of the face that I recognize from Babylon Five, and so um, yeah. But but beyond him being a face, I didn't really have a sense of what he was about. And so now I have context, and that's always enjoyable. And I like that they gave him Star Killer as his name. So <laughs> I don't know. Did we know about eh, when this was written? Was that widely known? I can't remember if that if that Star Wars reference was. Widely yeah, known. that that was out there. Okay. That had, that had been around for a while. So it, that very well could be a, a deliberate reference. Yeah, because that uh, was around the time when I think I first got my hands on the original. Like the, at some point, the original script became available, and I, I remember reading it in the '90s. But I don't know when. Starkiller was a known thing or not so but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah we also find out that Garibaldi is still in a coma and his prognosis does not look good and uh, yeah we learn he's an agnostic um, <laughs> yes um, but yeah so it was, it was a good episode I, I enjoyed it uh, it was yeah it's, well, it's interesting because it does keep all the uh, cliffhangers kind of just hanging you don't find out what happens with the land it's like yeah, Garibaldi stays in the coma and it kind of just introduces a lot of new business and kind of the stuff you expect to be, you know, dealt with this episode kind of gets gets pushed back just a little bit. Well, cause which I think was a good Dragati. idea. The Dragati sort of throw that, you know, it, yeah. it, it gives it gives the episode a sense of urgency. And I liked Sheridan. I think it was important to get a sense of how Sheridan reacts to these sort of crises because we, we yes. know how Sinclair deals with those in the last season and that's a really important part of his character it's like a very like his ability to find the right path was very character defining for him and it's the thing that sort of won me over i think overall in the end and so seeing that this is a captain who also can find that right path uh you know it was important and and i and i liked i liked how they did it i liked that he sort of like it was all about sort of staying his hand and not actually attacking until the until they absolutely had no choice because he was pretty convinced that that the uh Trigati were just trying to sort of in, instigate uh a war and so in, in order for that to work the humans had to fire the first shot so it yeah was, yeah it was a good uh it, it it just kind of shows that he's very collected in a crisis and uh yeah i i, I was kind of worried honestly like because i I've enjoyed Sinclair much more in this watch than I have in previous watches. And I thought, man, I hope, I hope I haven't like come around and I'm not going to like, you know, Sheridan as much as I like Sinclair, but I'm really enjoying Sheridan a lot too, on top of uh, having enjoyed Sinclair. So I'm not, you know, it hasn't, my, my increased enjoyment of, of Sinclair hasn't diminished my enjoyment of Sheridan so far. Well, and I think also he's a very familiar face. He's been in a lot of other shows and, and yeah. so, you know, not just Babylon 5. And so he's a very, you know, he's somebody that's very easy to accept in a role like this, I think. Yeah, he um, was Tron. Come on. But uh... <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, you know what it's like? It would be it, it's like when Bill Pullman shows up in something. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's that yeah. sort of person. Um, yeah, he's a guy, you know. But, uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, there, there, there are. There, so, is there a Tron thing going on? Should I be on the lookout for more Tron people? Because he's the he's the. I get. I guess that's the at least. Uh, two yeah, we have stuff. had two. You're right. I've never picked up on that before. But yeah, we've had David Warner already. I uh, I'm gonna have to pay attention to that this time and see if there's any more uh, Tron casting going on. But um, but yeah. So I mean, it was a very good episode. One of the things that I liked about it too was the change in the. Um, in the lighting and in the ship design, there, there yeah. definitely is a shift. And I think you were explaining to me when we were talking after the last podcast that 
there was a, there was an issue with uh with things maybe being too dark for for the old televisions and so well yeah they just kind of felt when they were actually when it actually made it on the air they were watching the show and they're like yeah this looks too you know they, they they kind of wanted a certain dimness to it and they felt like they kind of overdid it watching it that you just were losing a lot of set details and you weren't seeing as much because yeah i i mean i can tell you watching it back in the day on old cathode ray tvs it was it was hard to see a lot of stuff in that early season okay yeah so that so i mean and, it, and, and i've been watching it on amazon with uh you know i mean it's still it's like i i think it's like HD SD I, I don't know what they what they what you know what what the version is but it yeah. looks clear enough that I didn't really notice that as much but uh but but yeah I think um I think the change is good the change is definitely yeah. good um, that add another layer to the the you know picture quality I watched this at back in the day it it was a syndicated show and it had the the great time slot in my area of being on at midnight on Sunday which meant that you know having to work the next day I always just had to like tape it and like watch it Monday night. So I was watching it on tape on a cathode ray TV. So it was, it was, it was never, it never looked that great. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so the, so the, uh, I guess we get on to the next episode, which is revelations. Revelations. Um, yes. This one, I don't know if I would be able to do it justice by giving it a synopsis because it's got so many, like I was trying to count the plot threads this time around and there were so many. There's, yeah. There's, so the so so the whole thing with um with the shadow fighters and Morden comes back into play, and Garibaldi is sort of you know, uh you know having his meeting with Morden and 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 uh, and 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 it's clear that this is an ongoing thing where he may get he, he, if 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 things like this arise in the future he may he may be able to to, to draw on their powers once again and Jakar yeah. Jakar personally goes to investigate Quadrant Thirty Seven, and. You know things don't go so well. Um, number one, <laughs> I'm wondering why Jakar, why, why these ambassadors are personally going on these uh, these expeditions in the first place. That seems a little bit risky, but maybe it's like a Roman thing where it's like a way of of accumulating prestige and and, that, and octoris. Yeah, uh, well, that that's my sense with the with the Narn is you kind of you got the Kari, which are the ruling council, mm-hmm. and. They all seem pretty antagonistic towards each other from the impression. I mean, you know, we've had one guy has already tried to assassinate Jakar in the previous season. And, yeah, I feel like it is kind of a prestige thing, you know, because Jakar, Jakar can't get the support for an investigation anyway. So he does go do it himself. And I think it's the way of him trying to garner support for the idea that there's stuff out there. Okay. But, so, yeah. So, I- it, it, I kind of had a feeling, but it, at the same time, it just seems to happen a lot. So I was not sure: is this is this well, plot convenience, is or is this like related to their cultures? Like this is. Uh, There's know. definitely an element of plot convenience. I'm not going to deny that. Okay. Uh, I, it makes more sense to, with the Narn than it often does with you know. On uh, you know in the previous season when they just send off you know hey Sinclair's like yeah I'm gonna go off on this mission and fight the radars this week you know it's like that was like yeah but yeah th- this I feel makes a little more sense okay but uh, uh, but also Delenn gets out of her cocoon this episode um, yeah and uh and when Jakar gets back after things have gone to hell he uh he 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 basically uh you know well, one of the things I like about Jakar is he he's like kind of a believer he's got like a, a uh, he, he's a follower. Who is it? Jaquan? Is that his? Um, Jaquan, yeah. Yes. And, and so, so he 
he he's able to to find reference to sh to to this great enemy of his people and uh, descriptions of their vessels that resemble the uh, shadow fighters that that he that he fought. So so he's convinced that that, that the great enemy of the Narn is returned, and uh, and and so he goes to to Sheridan and the the Council on Babylon Five and and tries to convince them. But he also reveals that he has a um, uh, a ship that he sent to investigate what is it zaka doom uh, zaha doom uh yes. and so you know that needless to say that ship also gets blown out of the water and uh you know there's only two other people i think that even know about it londo and and sheridan so yeah um, yeah i don't know i think i think kosh knew too but i don't think uh anyone oh, even true. thinks about that but uh um, <laughs> He doesn't say anything, so it's easy to forget he's standing back there just silently watching. And we get the the plot thread where um, Garibaldi comes out of the coma. I can't remember the guy's name, but the traitor. The guy who... You know what's funny? Uh, Jack. I, I have, Jack. I have, finally, I, Jack finally got a name this week. Okay, he's never I, had a name till now. Because next episode, Garibaldi talks about how he should have seen it. I have a perfect method. If you can picture the character in a Nazi uniform... Then, <laughs> then they're a bad guy and they're a traitor because that scene, like this guy, the first time I saw him, that's sort of the thought that popped in my head, and and I'm noticing that that seems to be they just have that I don't know like the the, the kind of face <laughs> that always gets cast as the Nazi in a movie. Um, yeah, and so, yeah. Uh, but 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 he ends up uh, uh, with the help of um, of the of uh, what's her name Talia Talia Winters. Yeah. He he is able to figure out that it was that guy and they 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 trick him and tell him that uh delenn has come out of her cocoon and she has butterfly wings and he runs out to go investigate <laughs> and they smack him in the face and put him in the in holding but then he gets uh he gets transferred by orders of the of the vice president himself directly and and we get i don't know if we've well, seen the president him. now he's oh, yeah, no sorry, longer the, the vice the, president the, the, the president the new president now, is this the first time we've seen him, or have we seen him before? Because I can't remember. I believe it's the first time we've seen him. I don't think we've even seen a still shot of him up to this point. He he was no, number one. I, I'm pretty sure he's a villain, but he's really? a very interesting choice for that kind of character <laughs> because he's got this I don't know this like Bob Hoskins like personality. There's like there there's something there's something I don't know what it is about him, but he's very not Bob Hoskins. Who's Bill Murray's brother? Oh, uh, 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 Murray Doyle. Uh, I, I can't think of his full name. You know uh, who I'm talking. About I know who you. I know who you're talking about. He, he reminds me of that guy. He's got this Brian this, Murray Doyle. That's yeah. his name. And and so there's just something odd about him. That's like uh, he he comes across as vaguely incompetent, uh, and it works in this situation. Um, and so he's like he's trying to sort of. You know, he, he, he calls uh, Sheridan and he's like, good work. And now I need you to send the prisoner on the first. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and he's really bad at lying. He's really bad at sort of covering his tracks. And uh, yeah, but Sheridan, Sheridan immediately. It's like, you know, up to this point, Sheridan had probably hasn't given any having just arrived, hasn't given any credence at all to the idea that there's this big plot. As soon as he's done talking to the president, you know, it's like he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 he knows something's up. He knows something's up. 
And uh, yeah, and yeah, and then we also get the plot of Sheridan himself. I mean, there's honestly, I mean, it's a really good episode. If, if there's any criticism I have, is that there's so many threads through it that yeah, that it was hard yeah. to follow. But you, you also haven't get, even mentioned the, the return of the healing machine. But I'm sorry, go on with what you're saying. Oh, so I was gonna say you get um you get Sheridan's um uh, plot line with his wife. He's a widower, and uh, yes, and and yeah. so and he feels guilty about it because she died in a. Um, I don't know, there was some kind of survey job on Icarus and it, and there was a disaster and he forgot to say I, I love you. I think her. Icarus was the name of the ship actually, which is a terrible name for your ship. <laughs> yeah. That's the, who, who yeah, I'm, no, I'm noticing the I'm noticing that the names of the ships are uh are probably important here. I think um uh Sheridan was the captain of the Agamemnon and um yeah. and yeah, and she was on the Icarus and and it uh it it, it what did it blow up in space? Was that the uh, yeah, I think they were a little vague. I mean, it was it was going on a basically an archaeological expedition, but it uh yeah it it, it, it I forget I forget the exact details. And uh and so so we get that whole thing where he you know he feels guilty that he didn't uh, he didn't say I love you, and then his sister comes to visit, and by the end of the episode she shows him the tape, and it kind of it kind of neatly patches up that emotional wound for him. And so yeah. <laughs> that, you know, he didn't really need to feel guilty at all. His wife was just fine. And, and so uh, it, that was maybe the one plot I didn't need, but I don't know, maybe it becomes important down the road. So, yeah, it, it did feel the, I mean, with, with, with so many big things going on, having, uh, having, having working in, you know, kind of Sheridan's little emotional thing in here felt a little, uh, a little on the side, but uh, yeah, you know, an interesting thing, uh, about this episode too, having watched the prequel, is that when the prequel came out, a lot of people were like, wow, you know, Sheridan and Franklin knew each other before? Because, you know, they kind of go off on that mission in the prequel. And, you know, so I was watching this, this episode with that in mind this time, you know, and because you, you basically have Sheridan and Franklin, you know, Franklin comes up to Sheridan, talks to him in the bar about using the healing machine and they work together on it. And I'm like, you know, I totally buy the idea that these guys know each other and are already friends in this scene. There's just no though, point where it, it, it works for me. Though there is that line of dialogue. Um, I think it was at the start of this episode. Maybe it was the last episode where, where oh. Franklin says that, he, in in the dialogue, it seems he seems to indicate that he doesn't know Sheridan. That he oh, I must time. have missed something. Um, so, well, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. We'll, we'll, we'll after the episode after the podcast, we'll we'll, we'll investigate and see. Well, uh, investigate. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have to get to the bottom of this. Have we found a plot hole? But but, but I uh, wasn't too worried about all. You know, I I. Oh no, yeah. I don't care about it either way. I and, just. But uh, but yeah, no. The and, and then the episode ends with uh, well, I don't know if it ends at this point, but at some point in the episode, Jakar recites the Second Coming by Yeats, and uh, and that that uh, I don't know. It's kind of been staring you in the face, like sort of the angels versus like there's like a darkness and light thing going on, and 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 it shouldn't, and I I shouldn't have been surprised when they did that, but somehow I found that surprising. That oh, maybe this is where things are going, or or at least. You know, in terms of plot structure, that's what we can expect. Maybe it won't be mm -hmm. religious in nature, but there's uh, they're they're drawing on this kind of stuff. Um, uh, and so, and obviously, that's uh, you know, there's there's many ways to read that poem, but but there's like a there's at least like an apocalyptic metaphor running through it. So, um, yeah, yeah, that that's definitely the feel going on there. And uh, yeah, but it's uh, but yeah, we you know we've got. 
Another thing too is we got we got two security guys got names this episode. Not just Jack, the bad guy, but the bald guy. He Lou Welch. We finally got to learn his name after he's been hanging around for a whole season. So, and he's kind he's, of uh, he's sort of one of these guys that's got a uh, I don't know remind he's like the poor man's Craig T. Nelson. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, 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 I, <laughs> that's a perfect perfect uh, description. Or Jesse Ventura, one of the two. He's he's the poor man's version of one of those two people. But uh, yeah, but yeah. but he but I would say he's more in the coach realm than the uh, Jesse, you know, Jesse Ventura. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's the uh, he's the coach to uh, to Garibaldi's uh, Bruce Willis. But and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and we get but we also got the uh, uh, I'm sorry. What was the what was the trader's name again? You mentioned it. Uh, Jack. Yeah, Jack. He, he talks about like Garibaldi goes in like trying to intimidate him basically and the guy really flips the table on him he's like no you don't understand like i'm on the winning side you're on the losing side and uh yeah and then uh garibaldi's like what the home uh the home guard and he's like oh no the home guard they're a bunch of losers and and we we it's pretty clear that it's the uh the psychor probably or some some wing of of the side yeah they bring up they bring up the thing that they only put me if you remember back last season i i took those notes of the newspaper that garibaldi was holding and there's all the headlines and i think i think the only mention they made to the fact that the uh Psychor had a scandal because they endorsed the vice president was just written on a newspaper headline mm. in that in that that scene but they brought that up again which was kind of cool i'm like oh okay yeah they they, they planted that for a reason and uh, yeah, and uh, but yeah, Jack Jack kind of flipping around and, and turning the tables on him when he was trying to intimidate Garibaldi was was pretty good because up to this point you've only seen Jack be the the second you know the the, the backup guy who's kind of like yes yeah okay going along with everything Garibaldi says he's kind of this little but yeah he just completely flipped the table and was completely uh, you know someone you could not intimidate which was 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 cool but. Uh, yeah, I liked. I, one thing I have to add too, I like Lanier's little, little weird part where he's like looking after the cocoon. He's like, soon now, soon. Oh, yeah. I was just. <laughs> and he and he gives a little bit of exposition too on 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 what's going on and and uh, yeah, that was a good scene. I I, I like Lanier. I, I I find him a Me very too. charming character. Um, and uh, and so, yeah. And so I guess that brings us to uh, Geometry of Shadows, the uh, the third episode. Now this one, yeah. this one's a little tricky. This this is basically, uh, there's two plot lines in this one. There's the whole thing with the techno mages, which yeah, uh, which I enjoyed. That was so. There's these techno mages. They're they're sort of like, um, it's sort of like if you had a race of people who are based on Aleister Crowley, but for a more advanced age where they they make heavy use of technology. They sort of combine, uh. They, they use, I guess they use technology to produce magical effects or or yeah I think I think it's kind of there's an underlying magical philosophy to the way they use technology too I mean it's uh you know it's it's you know little I think there's a little more philo- 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 you know philosophy to it than just uh well, you know not trying pure to technology. make technology I mean they 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 have there's some something else that they there's some other sort of leap they're taking with it uh, in terms of faith. Um, yeah yeah and it's uh yeah i don't know i mean it's a little a little a little vague i can't say for certain but uh 
But yeah, and I, and I don't think they're actually a race because they mention, you know, you know, Londo mentions, oh, this one's a human, and so it's like I think they're oh. almost like a sect that kind of takes in members. They aren't that. actually a race as much as they're kind of a almost uh, an order that people can join. And yeah, I might have been thrown off because the Elric guy, the the, the 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 one that we meet, his name is Elric. And uh, yeah, by the way, that that this is another example I think of like the the casting in this show is I think very good, especially for a TV series, and I feel yeah. like. The character of Elric, number one, he's named Elric, and number two, he's a techno mage. And that could have easily been ridiculous, just like the other guy that I had mentioned before, where they got the, the guy that played Zark to, to, to play him. And and this one, they, they I, I don't I don't rem, I don't know what this guy's from, but I've seen him in a million things, and he was perfect for this character. And he really he was saying stuff that in another person's mouth would have sounded silly. And he made it he made it work, I thought. Um, you know, yeah. even even down to my name is Elric. Do you know what I mean? Like just I just... know that was that was a little that, that's one of the names. Like man, I, I know you like to stick references in here with the names, but you you've overreached there. <laughs> and so so yeah, so I thought that that was the like that was a good casting choice. Um, he had the yeah. right look, the right sound, the right. He just was able to. He had the presence for it. Um, I think I would have been. I think I would not have bought that plot line if they had a, an actor of, you know, just who couldn't do that. Um, because they're, like I said, like, you know, Elric, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, and, uh, there was also the whole thing with, um, the, uh, I, what are they called? The Drazi? The Drazi. Yeah. The Drazi. And so yeah. there's this, this fight breaks out on the ship and apparently the Drazi who, I don't know, I don't know how I would describe them. They look like, uh, like big kobolds or something. They're, they they, they, <laughs> Or uh, what's the race on Enemy Mine? The, uh, the the race on what? Enemy Mine, the movie Enemy. Oh Mine. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I can totally see that. The, yeah. But but they've got this culture that this arbitrary thing. Every five years, I guess they all get a randomly assigned red and not red, green and purple flags, and 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 they get divided into green and purple camps, and then they have to fight each other. And yeah, and it's and and so and it happens everywhere for what is it one cycle? So for like a year or something for them. Um, And uh, and so so it's not a problem initially, but Ivanova gets uh, promoted by Sheridan and her first task is to deal with this this problem. And she's not dealing with it well early on in time. (laughs) She you know, she's maybe dealing with it too. I don't know what the word she's just a. she doesn't have the diplomacy skills that say Sinclair had. That's for sure. Um, so one, yeah. the, one of the first things she does is she takes off one of the, the green sashes from one of the guys and puts it on a guy that's wearing a purple one and that, and all hell breaks loose. So, um, but, but um, those, and, and the whole plot with the techno mages is that Londo, I guess there's the, he's, he's approached by somebody from his government or a, a wing of his government who, it yeah, sounds Lord, like a, Lord Rifa. Yes. Lord Rifa, thank you. And so they're trying to take over the Empire, it sounds like. The Emperor is very sick, and they're planning on putting their people in position, and they kind of like what Londo's been doing. So they're yeah. trying to bring him into the fold. And Londo, when he learns that there are Technomages aboard the ship, I guess he says there's a story about the old Emperor uh, had a... He consulted three Technomages before he... Uh, ascended to the throne 
and that's yeah. a very important story to them. It's kind of like the three wise men sort of a thing, I guess. And so he feels like if he can get a photo op with them, if he he's just trying to photo bomb the uh, the, the techno mages, <laughs> and uh, and it so backfires because the techno mages, they're techno mages. They can put like horrible viruses on all of your technology and uh, and curse you in a variety of ways. And uh, and so there's that whole plot line with him and them. And uh, and those are the two basic stories. But I, I, I don't know. What, what was your take on this episode? Uh, well, I mean, the Techno Mage story, you know, like, like you say, it very much could have been ridiculous. But I think, as you say, uh, the actor really makes it work. And it, it, has, it actually ends up having a lot of depth to it by the end, too. And, uh, yeah, so I, I like that side of the episode. The Drazi episode... I don't hate it, but it's just, it's a little, it, it just feels a little too comedic for things that are going on in the show now. I feel like that plot line might have worked in season one mm -hmm. better, but, you know, just kind of playing the whole, it, it, I feel like it makes the Drazi too much of a joke at this point. Yeah. And, and it's like, we're to the point in the show where, the fact that Drazi are murdering each other on the station shouldn't be a light plot. You know? yeah. Well, also, I feel like it's a little bit too, like it's too arbitrary, the system they have in place. Yeah. It's just it's too, it's it's a little it, I, I get that they're sort of trying to make a commentary, but it, it falls flat because it's so silly that it doesn't, you know, the stuff that they're sort of that they seem to be commenting on with that is more nuanced and complicated than just being able to be boiled down to uh arbitrary flag assignments and so uh you know it it just didn't work i felt like it was it was a little too simple a little bit too uh, they just needed to there needed to be another element in there to make it to give it a little bit of weight i felt beyond just the yeah. randomness of well i've got a green sash so now i'm a green and i have to murder all the purples uh, even yeah. if it was just an explanation for why that was that made, you know, that gave it some, I don't know. So like, it just, it, it, I couldn't, I couldn't see a culture sustaining that for, for so long, <laughs> you know what I mean? Without at least coming up with a good explanation for it beyond green, purple. Do you know what I mean? Purple. Just, yeah. I know it was, it was, you know, that, that initial scene I do find kind of funny. I like the guy who plays the, the leader of the green draws. He, I think gives a really good comedic performance. It's like, I actually really like that guy in the episode, but it just, it just, the, the, the plot line doesn't hang together. I don't, I don't, and I don't feel like it, it I don't feel like the resolution is particularly well done or it just, I don't know. The whole thing doesn't, just just doesn't work but you know it's it's one of those things and the um and also this episode this is sort of a side issue but uh i think sheridan has a thing with oranges because in the first episode he yes that he likes oranges and in the uh um in in this episode he he makes some orange juice uh i think for Ivanova. <laughs> And he tells her that, you know, it's a pulpy sort of, you know, high pulp orange juice. And then he mentions that's the best part. Um, and so, you know, that I, I, I uh, there's clearly something going on there. All I could think of is, well, in The Godfather, oranges are always sort of like a, uh, a precursor to somebody dying. So should I be on the lookout <laughs> for, you know, oranges now? And, uh, and, then, and when, he, when he talks to the techno mage, he uh, talks about, yeah, when I was a boy, you know, sitting under the tree watching the orange blossoms. Yeah. And then, of course, techno mage gives him an orange blossom immediately after. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, it's everywhere. The orange thing is, uh, he's obsessed with them. <laughs> okay, so, um, but yeah, so that was interesting. I don't, I don't quite know what it means yet, but it was, it was interesting, and uh, uh, it's definitely a, a, a character trait, and uh, <laughs> and I and I like the uh, the techno mage. Uh, I like at the end when Elric is talking to Londo, and we get we get like a big revelation. You you don't really see it coming. When it, you know, mm-hmm. it's sort of it's sort of one of these episodes you think it's kind of going to be, I don't know, one of these sort of episodes that just kind of is, is a quirky because 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 what it really becomes is Londo dealing with the, the this whole attempt to photobomb the techno mages backfires horribly and and they they curse him they do, you know he's got he's got like you know imps on it I don't know what those imp things were that they put on his back but they wreck his his uh his his, his quarters and he and at the end he goes to Elric and he's like look. I just need to know, is this going to be like something that's going to happen for the rest of my life? Or is this like over <laughs> when you guys leave? And, and the whole thing with the techno mage is they're passing through because they, they recognize something really bad is coming. And, and the plot line with them and Sinclair, uh, not Sinclair Sheridan is that, 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 that he's basically got to figure out what they're up to before he gives them the green light to go because they don't, people are not comfortable with a big group of techno mages just passing, you know, passing through yeah. in mass like that. So, yeah. Um he he lets them go and then as the as Elric's leaving uh and and uh Londo is talking to him uh he he basically says that uh you know he, he has a premonition. He says I hear uh I hear billions of people calling out your name or something like that. He says all oh, my followers. He's like no, your victims. victims. <laughs> and so, yes. You know, <laughs> and and it's you know I mean you you sort of knew Londo was going in this direction but this really makes it like ominous somehow it's it's uh you know before you were like well maybe 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 he's gonna shift gears and go another way with these shadow people maybe the shadow people aren't so bad you know maybe you know but this this makes it quite uh it makes it interesting because londo was early on my favorite character and and now i'm wondering i'm still rooting for him but i'm wondering if i should be and and uh yeah and so that's the that's the interesting thing and and i and i am noticing that that uh Shakar is getting more and more likable as the uh, <laughs> as as the season goes on. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 an interesting juxtaposition. With uh, last season, we had the episode where you know the episode with the eye, and you know the guy. I'm blanking on his name now, but the guy whose family was the original owners of the eye that has turned over the emperor, and he's he's trying to like pull londo into this plot you know what if i took the eye back and just declared myself the emperor and londo's like yeah I, uh, he kind of like blows him off you know and and this time lord Rifa does a similar thing but lord Rifa's like the real deal he's not just some goofball he's like some guy that's like actually got a faction going on back home and so you you've kind of got like an echo beyond between those two things but this time londo is really willing to get on board with it so yeah, so yeah, I uh, uh you know I, I I thought that the first two episodes were a little bit better maybe, but this one had mm-hmm. some very interesting plot developments that were important and uh and 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 it wasn't a bad episode. I I think the Drazi thing is kind of what dragged it down. The techno mages yeah. could have been bad, but like you, I I enjoyed that and and it kind of also cont- it, it it takes it in a little bit more of a cyberpunk direction, but it kind of brings that Arthur C. Clarke, uh you know sort of. Thing to the table with you know with magic and, and technology being indistinguishable at a certain point and uh, yeah 
And so, and again, I mean, there's obviously more to what they're doing than just, they're, they're obviously not just computer whizzes. They're, 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 there's something else going on with these people, but it's a little bit unclear to me what it is. Um, so yeah, so, but I'm, I'm liking the second season very much. Um, I, I, it feels like it started off very strong and so we'll see if it continues. That'll be great. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll get a few more TKOs and I can't remember the episode <laughs> I really hated the, which, which apparently wasn't one that's terribly controversial. I think, I don't think a lot of people disliked it, but me and Steve had a very strong reaction to one of the episodes, which was the one you really hated. Uh, oh, that's right. Believers. Yeah. Believers, yeah. Believers. believers is a, as I've said, is a very, very divisive episode. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, like you are not alone in hating that one. Okay, so, but, you know, but I, I think uh, I think the thing I like about the show is when I do hit upon bad episodes, I don't feel bad because I usually, it's usually crowded by so many good things yeah. that I don't seem to mind it. Um, and, you know, there are other shows where there's like entire seasons I can't stand. And, <laughs> and, uh, and you put up with the whole season because you like the rest of the show. This one, it's more like, well, there's an episode I don't like. But uh, but the rest of the episodes of the season are good, so that's it. It seems like a really strong show so far, and uh, and I'm 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 definitely getting a better sense of of why, because it's one of those things when you meet somebody who's like a big Babylon Five fan, if you, especially if you see them watch the show, it, it's it's a it's like something is going on there that's very compelling, and and you want to know why, and uh, and so now I'm sort of discovering it, uh, and I'm getting the context, and I'm liking that. Yeah, it, it's yeah, and I mean, you know, it is it is a little more complicated reviewing some of these shows now too because you know the chrysalis points of departure and revelations are almost like one very complicated episode. So it's like I I had to be very careful before this podcast of making sure what happened in what episode because it, it's it's all kind of coming together now. Whereas last season. The episode, I mean, there, there was there was forward movement, but the plots were all very distinct from episode to episode. Yeah. No. And so. So, yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying myself. And I guess we'll uh, we'll uh, when we come uh, when we come back on next, we'll be doing episodes four through six, most likely. So that's correct. A distant star, the long dart and spider in the web. Those are the next ones up. And uh, and yeah, so uh, this coming Friday, we're going to be having another uh, uh sort of martial arts friday wuxia podcast unfortunately lady chow fung will not be able to be there she'll be at the lu fung event though in new york so she's going to be enjoying herself so don't you don't have to feel bad that she won't be there she's going to be having the time <laughs> of her life and, uh, and hopefully we'll hear from her because this is a really exciting event and i i uh, i'm hoping that we'll get a i think they're going to play a bunch of lu fung's movies and all this stuff and um and, and we might we might get word from her while she's there but i don't want to predict because it's going to be uh dependent on what's going on and uh, and in, in we, we, it'll still be uh, me, Adam, and Kenny, and we're going to be talking about my young auntie, which I'm really excited about yeah. because I think it's a very exceptional movie, and uh, uh, I'm curious how others will respond to it because it's not typical fare. It's not it's not it's not like a lot of the other films that we've been reviewing there and talking about. So so we'll be back on uh, soon, and until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.